0: All right,
1: Joey Knight, we've got a great football game on Sunday between the Bucks and the Saints in New Orleans in a sold-out dome on Halloween night, which is going to be uh, interesting in and of itself. But we got an even better storyline. And, you know, I know Tom Brady went back to New England, and, and certainly that was, you know, one of the best in 100 years of the National Football League. This is not nearly on the same scale, to say the, the very least. However... Jameis Winston spent five seasons here. He was drafted number one in 2015, and he was kicked overboard. Now, sure, you know, so that they could get the GOAT, who won a Super Bowl. That had to be tough as well. He talked about all of that on Thursday, and it was very interesting. But on the surface, I mean, these reunion games are tough, but for quarterbacks, they got to be even tougher. And I have to imagine – how badly Jameis Winston wants to win every game, but particularly this one when he's making a start against his former team.
2: You know, when you stand back objectively and you look at it, obviously the Bucks made the right decision, Rick, in moving on from, from Jameis and, and, and getting the GOAT, but Jameis Winston is not capable of standing back and looking at it objectively because it happened to him. So he's certainly going to come out here wanting to make a statement. There's no question about that. And you talk about the atmosphere. It's Halloween night. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a physical game. It's going to be a little freaky with a sold-out Superdome. And Lord knows how a lot of those people are going to be dressed. it's, It's going to be crazy. But at the center of it, yeah, it's a little tougher for quarterbacks when you have an emotion game like this. And I'm sure... That's that's got to be playing in Jameis Winston's mind. He's human, and as much as things worked out for the Bucks, here was a guy that was jaded, or I'm sure he felt like he was jaded, and he's going to come out there wanting to make a statement. And now he's got a little bit more reinforcements offensively with the the arrival of Mark Ingram. Uh, that will potentially allow him to make that statement. So. It it's gonna be a it's gonna be a wild scene with an you know, more wild storylines if we as we've seen all throughout this season.
1: Yeah, you know, he talked to reporters on Thursday, I listened to the press conference live, and it started out as you would expect. Oh, they're just next on the schedule, they're another team, you know. <laughs> and and then it eventually, you know, got past all the hubris and whatnot. Right. Um but eventually it, it got to the fact that uh that that it is emotional, and and Jameis Winston, as much as any quarterback, maybe any player I, I've I've covered, is an incredibly emotional player, and I'm not sure you know that at that position that's necessarily a good thing, um, in the sense that yeah you want to win, uh, you want to be as competitive as, as as hell, and and no one is probably more competitive than he is. But it seems like his emotions have, have at times and, and maybe too often in his career gotten the best of them, you know. Um, and he even said, you know, I was, we talked to Byron Lefwich um, on on Thursday, you know, and Lefwich said, look, I, I went back to Jacksonville and I was just glad I wasn't the starter. He goes, you know, I was, he was with <laughs> Pittsburgh. He goes, I was cramping up, I was emotional, and I wasn't even playing, you know, so I can imagine what, what it must be like for those guys, you know, that go back into that building, into that city. Uh, and, and Jameis has played the Bucks, right? He this is not his first year in New Orleans, but it's a huge difference between coming into a mop up game and throwing one pass for thirteen yards like he did in the thirty eight to three win here at Raymond James Stadium and eating the W's with Drew Brees and all that and and you know, being a backup and humbling yourself to really be at times the number three quarterback, not even the number two quarterback, versus this is my show. We're a four and two football team. We're in the NFC South. They're a six and one football team. Um, you know, th- this this is this is so important to their season. On top of the fact that all this emotion is kind of mixed in there, I I think it's going to be incredibly uh, difficult for him. But I also believe that Sean Payton is keenly aware and has been of what he has in Jameis Winston and what he has to do to reel him in.
2: That's a great point. What's the old adage, Rick? You know, a team that comes in really geeked up to win, emotion can carry you only so far. Well, in the case of a quarterback, emotion can carry you overboard if you're not careful. And I think that's something Jameis is going to have to deal with. If he's just too geeked up or too emotional, you know, you can just see him See the ball sailing on him when it when he lets it go, just because he's so geeked up. Fortunately, in his case, uh, Sean Payton doesn't ask him to to you know throw a lot of balls downfield. He's certainly capable. My goodness, he still has the arm. But the way that he is he has employed Jameis, it's I don't want to say caretaker. I don't think that's fair. But he's he's put him in high percentage situations mainly get the ball out of your hands quickly to Alvin Kamara in space and let him do damage. And now you've got another dimension back there. Mark Ingram, who has been with the saints before uh, outstanding back from Alabama knows what this system's like. It's just really plug and play for him. And so, you know, you've got to, you've got to presume that he'll be partially effective to take pressure off Kamara and Jamis. So I don't, I think Sean Payton, like you said, will understand and realize what this situation is for Jameis and will manage it effectively enough to where Jameis doesn't have to do a whole heck of a lot. He's going to put him in some as many high-percentage situations as, as he can, which we saw, quite frankly, the other night in Seattle. On the road, Legion of Boom and all that stuff, rain. And mainly, you know, he took a few shots downfield. He had some drops. He had some drops from some of his receivers. But mainly it was just don't turn the ball over. Get the ball to Alvin Kamara and, you know, lean on your defense. And they were successful. So I I could see something similar playing out. I think you're going to have to score a heck of a lot more than 13 points in this game to beat Tampa Bay. But I could see, see Sean Payton just... Managing Jameis's Winston, Jameis Winston's emotions and just kind of managing the game that
1: way. Yeah, he's gonna try. And I think what's what's been different, you know, we asked Bruce Arians and others, okay, you know, when you watch the tape of him in New Orleans, what's different? Well, the easy answer is everything. I mean the <laughs> offense is different, the head coach is different. And I was talking to to uh you know one of one of the Bucks coaches, uh Clyde Christensen who, of course, loved Jameis. He felt, you know, in earlier stories I wrote, he felt like that they that they failed him, right? He came in one year with Bruce Arians, um, 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, the 30-for-30 30 30 club that is, unfortunately, uniquely his now uh, in NFL history. Um, but, you know, what he sees, what, what he's sort of observed, and they don't watch every game, obviously, especially if you're on offense, but is... It's something similar to what the Bucks did with quarterbacks here before. Um mm-hmm. Trent Dilfer, Sean King. You know, when the Bucks were here uh it started to get good under Tony Dungy and and it had been a long time since they had won anything going back to the late 70s and early 80s. And then Dungy comes in in uh you know in the Glazers buy the team in 95, Dungy comes uh in 96 and they don't have a winning season but he, he builds a defense, and it becomes a defensive team that runs the ball, plays to its strength, and, you know, their quarterbacks are not guys. They're like, the, they're like most of the league, quite frankly. I mean, let's be honest. There's, there's not many Tom Brady's and Peyton Manning's and Drew Brees's out there. So the rest of the NFL has to find a way to win as a team. Um, they can't lean too heavily on on, you know, scoring 30 points a game. So, really, this is sort of what we've seen with Winston is what we used to see with Bucs quarterbacks. You know, run the football, rely on your defense, field position, don't turn it over, create some turnovers, and you play a lot of close games. that way. I mean, that's the one thing we know is that you're going to be in those 13 to 10 games in Seattle like they were the other night. But you know what? You can win that way. Um, It's hard. And you have to be really consistent and you have to buy in. And I think that's the that's the the single biggest thing that I think helped Winston last year was he learned that, you know, when he came to Tampa Bay, if you're the number one pick on the worst team in the NFL, there's there's almost a natural feeling to think, okay, you're our savior. You know? Um mm-hmm. that's why they took you number one overall. There was debate about him and Marcus Mariota. He had some incidents at Florida State. Look, he was grateful. He he was the number one pick in the draft, but it also means you're going to the worst team in the NFL, and they're looking at you to help them turn that around. Yeah. And there really wasn't a lot of veteran players to help help him navigate that. You know, I mean, it, it it just it was sort of on him. And you go through some, you know, you had Dirk Cutter, you went through Lovey Smith, and then Dirk Cutter. You went through some coaching changes, and there was so much to that. I think now in New Orleans. You know, when you went when you got there, of course there was a Hall of Fame coach, a Hall of Fame quarterback, a whole bunch of really good players. And whenever he was gonna play, it wasn't gonna be, hey Jameis, take us to a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So I think that has helped uh in a way. But, you know, they're they're look they've they've scored thirty something points in a game before and Jameis has had four touchdown passes. We saw them destroy Green Bay early in the season, but so they're capable of it. But it's not all on him in as much as it's a coach quarterback league in the NFL. I think that's a good thing for Winston. I think, I've seen Winston play this game before, even in Tampa, when he willed himself not to turn the ball over. And he's capable of it. And he's still capable of making plays while he's doing it.
2: I, I don't know that he could have found a better situation hmm. than what he found in New Orleans. Not only just the year of being an understudy to breathe, But what you just laid out and sure enough, New Orleans has the defense to uh, to to fill that equation, to to complete that scenario there. You know, I, I was doing some homework today, Rick. I, I didn't realize just how staggering some of the numbers are. They allow the third fewest rushing yards a game, about 80 yards a game. They uh, they allow quarterbacks the third lowest completion percentage in the NFL, a little just a tick under 60 percent. They've got nine interceptions. It ranks fifth. We know some of the athletes they have over there. Athletes who not only can are capable of beating you physically, but getting under your skin emotionally. And we've seen that play out in, in previous games against the Bucks. So you've got the defensive part of the equation. And, and again, you know, you know the i the ideal coach in Sean Payton, who understands what Jameis has been through in the past, who is not putting it all on his shoulder pads and has devised a game plan that is, that is doable, that can build some confidence. And we know that Jameis comes off a lot of times as an effusive, a brash young man, and you would think he doesn't have any confidence issues, but he had to have had some confidence issues after, after that 30-interception season, after being let go. I'm, I'm sure there was a lot, there was some self-doubt. And now he's been put in a situation where he's having some early success, where he's not turning the ball over, where they're winning games, just like the the, the equation you laid out, you know, winning with a, with a navigable passing game, with a solid defense. And I, I think this is going to be a an emotional Jameis Winston. Obviously, that's, that's a big key. Can he manage his emotions Sunday? But a guy who's got a little success under his belt in this system and probably probably says, you know, we can do this. You know, we have the defense, we have the the people, we can do this. And I think that makes it an even more intriguing matchup. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he could have found a better situation after, you know, the the debacle, if you want to call it that, in his five years in Tampa Bay, than to land at New Orleans, be an understudy for a year, and just kind of be eased back into a system where he's where he's had some early success. And It's working right now, you know, six games into his, his reboot as an NFL starter, it's working.
1: It's working. And, you know, when you, when you look at this game and you consider what, what awaits them Halloween night, uh, you know, this is only the second game that new Orleans has played at home. And it's been a while since they played the first one because the hurricane, of course, displaced them early on. Um, that city is is you know Saints crazy. They're ready to erupt Halloween night. All of that, and so 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 the building is going to be alive. What they're expecting, and and if you talk to the, you know coaches on this team or players, and we've seen it in this series, even though New Orleans has dominated, and and it's been it's really the last couple of years. It's been a result of turnovers, and even in the divisional playoff game, is because the Bucks got the turnovers and won that game thirty to twenty. <clears throat> But what they're expecting is a brawl. Mm-hmm. What what they're expecting is a street fight, and that's because the familiarity of the two teams, um, the fact that you have pro bowlers at every level of that defense. I mean, you know, you can just you can just look at it. I mean, Cam Jordan, um, Demario Demario De, uh, Demario Davis, um, you know, uh, Marshawn Lattimore. The battles that he's had just one on one. With Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans got suspended a game. Mm -hmm. And Jameis Winston was the reason. Uh, (laughs) You know, there was a game where Winston came out and he was on the sidelines and, you know, he stuck his finger in Lattimore's face and Lattimore went after Winston and with unprovoked, all, all Mike Evans had to see was Lattimore and Winston going at it. He came running across the field and blindsided him with a hit in the back and leveled the guy. And that got him suspended one game. So, you know, both – and it's a great – I mean, it's been a tremendous, you know, matchup, just the two of them, watching them go at it each and every play. But this is going to this is going to be one of the – you know, could one team come out and just, you know, have a big day and make huge plays all over the place? Sure. And I mean, Brady's certainly capable of that. I would think Jameis is too. But by the same token, I think it's going to be blood and guts time. I think – the Saints are gonna to try to run the ball. The Bucks are gonna to try to run the ball. Those two defensive lines and, and linebackers are gonna be going at it. And it's it's gonna be really um you know, it's gonna be two heavyweights. I really I really believe that. Even though they don't have Breeze in it, you know, you could argue they're not they're not as good because of it,
2: but this is this is gonna be a, a sixteen round match, I think. And You know, I forgot that one element of the storyline until you just reminded me of it, this being only the second home game because of the the hurricane earlier in the year. So you combine that, those people who are just starving for a home game, Halloween night, two teams that dislike each other, uh, two teams who are, you know, fighting for their lives in in a very top-heavy NFC, and we can talk a little bit about that. It's going to be insane, Rick. I, I know you mentioned how loud it was in L. A. against the Rams in that new ballpark out there. I think I think yeah. this one could. Uh, I think this the decibel level Sunday night in the Superdome will give that a run for its money, if not no surpass question. it. No
1: question, no question. It will because I mean I have heard that building. Um, it's a dome. Anything with a roof on it is going to reverberate much, much better than even SoFi, which is sort of open air with a roof over top of it, kind of a canopy almost, if you will. So, yeah, no, the, the, this will be – and it was loud in L.A. There's no question. That was a big game. They were they were hyped up. It was sold out. Um, gorgeous stadium, holds a ton of people. This, this dome is maybe the last – you won't be able to hear yourself think. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the way it feels sometimes. And so you know the the easiest way to to quiet the crowd, of course, is to go out and play well uh, and play well early, but we've seen the bucks struggle on the road, and they're not the same team, and they've managed to win games. I was stunned just looking at this stat and, and I saw it it kind of came to me. they've won fifteen out of sixteen games, yeah this football team is fifteen and one out of its last sixteen
2: the bucks are but you you mentioned it the uh, the disparity in their in their production on the road uh, yeah. is is, is considerably telling. lower. You know, mm-hmm. let's see, nineteen points at New England, twenty eight right. points at Philadelphia, twenty four points uh, against the Rams. Against the
1: Rams, yeah,
2: yeah. And I, I don't think I'm missing any, but I mean that's noticeably no. different from. 38 points against the Bears at home, 45 against the Dolphins. And some of that can be, you know, attributed to the level of competition they've played lately at home. But, you know, and some players have brought this up, Rick, you know, they said, hey, we were a year, we were a year playing in empty stadiums. And now we're back to the total polar opposite. We're playing in Jan packed stadiums. And there, there's a little bit of an acclimation when you go on the road. And I think that's we've seen. More of the the, the pre snap penalties in recent games than, than we have in the past. Didn't have any last game against the Bears that was at home, but you know I, I think there's just that having that year of not having to worry about that when you went on the road, and now again getting just the total opposite extreme where, where you can't hear yourself think. There's been a little bit of an adjustment for these guys, and it'll be interesting to see how they handle it in arguably the loudest environment they'll they'll have all year Sunday night.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting because you know when they played New Orleans, of course, it was eerily quiet and it was almost almost uncomfortably so. I think they struggled with, you know, that was right out of the box, right after COVID. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what an empty stadium looked like, felt like. It didn't. It, it did not feel like a regular season game. I think it was hard. They they came out and drove eighty five yards, and you know Brady spikes it in the end zone. You're thinking, oh, well, this will be easy. Um, it wasn't. He was nowhere close to integrated in the offense. Um they are they are truly as, as Bruce Arians likes to say light years ahead of where they were and they've had continuity on that side of the ball especially on the offensive line those guys have been playing great um but this you know the, the injury situation with the bucks is real and i think that you know there are times based on opponents where you can kind of overlook it I, I you know whatever happened in the bears game you know happened primarily i think because the bears weren't very good i credit their the Bucks, you know, pass rush and all of that, creating pressure and, and, and helping with some turnovers. Um, and they've been remarkable in filling in, you know, for their two starting corners that have been out, and that's not going to change this week. Here's the thing. We don't know who they're getting back. I mean, as we, right. as we do this podcast, um, you know, we're not sure what the status is going to be of Rob Gronkowski. We're not sure what, you know, Richard Sherman can do if he plays at all. The one guy that they need probably more than anyone, the one guy is Levante David, especially right. this week. Now you need a health you need a healthier Levante David, you need a guy that can run. Um, but when you're talking about trying to contain Alvin Kamara both you know in the pass game and 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 the run game, um, it's been these inside linebackers that that have have been you know sort of the uh, you know sort of the match for him, and they've had games where they've shut him down. And they've had games where they didn't. Um, but I think that gives them a chance. If I had to pick one player for them to get back at some level of competency and health, it would be Levante this week. And I don't know. I've talked to coaches. They're not sure, even as we do this podcast, even though Rob is out there, they're not really sure if he's going to go.
2: You, you know what, what I think about that? The guy fractured his ribs, and one report was he punctured his lung. That, yeah. That's serious stuff. And what we've seen the last couple days, Rick, in the very brief windows they allow reporters to watch, the very brief practice windows, we've seen it out there with shoulder pads, with a helmet, running around. That's a positive step. I think what they would, and, uh, you know, I don't know that they'll acknowledge this, what I think they would really like to have is just somehow get through this one without Gronk. Then you've got the bye week, then you, you know... That, that which is priceless at this time of year then try to get him ready for washington on november 14th i i think that would be an ideal scenario and yeah, on i agree sub, on, the, on the subject of injuries i agree levante is if there's one guy that you could you know if the the, the football genie said okay i'll give you one guy off the injured list that come back and play in this game i agree it's it's Levante because of the presence of Kamarian and Mark Ingram, for, for that matter. But, you know, it, running a close second or, or 1B would be one of those cornerbacks because if Richard Sherman can't go with that hamstring, if D. Delaney's ankle's still too bum to go and, you know, play in an NFL game, who do you got now? You got Jamel Dean, you got Pierre Desir. And Rick, what if one of those guys go down? You know? Yeah. Oh, it's it, happened every week. Yeah, right? they, they've had a different tandem or trio, depending on whether they start with two cornerbacks or three. They've had a different group all seven games. And this one, obviously, it looks like it'll be the eighth different tandem or trio they run out there. And if one of those guys goes down, I don't know what they do. If you, you go with Rashad Robinson, you go with Ross Cockrell, line him up at a true corner, you're, yeah. you're talking dire straits. Fortunately for them... <laughs> Some of James James's targets haven't, you know, shown really a consistent ability to catch the ball, but you know, yeah. you still gotta you still gotta account for for Alvin Kamara and you know, and he's he's a beast in itself. But you know, I, I if I'm if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm just really concerned, with, with, you know, with cornerback going into this game.
1: Yeah, I would say this that much like the Bucks understood what this meant uh, when Tom Brady went back to New England and tried to play, you know, lights out. I think Jameis' team – Jameis has always been a very, very well-liked. He is in the Bucks locker room today. He's got a ton of friends yes. in there. Um, you can you can bet that he is the same in New Orleans because he paid his his dues. Um, he he humbled himself. He sat on the bench for a year. He is the leader of that offense and one of the big leaders of this football team. They're going to make plays for him. And right. the one thing we know about Jameis is that, you know, he will give you opportunities, um, you know, to, to make – to, to take to make turnovers he's going to do some things that are unconventional but he hits a few of those plays you know when he extends them um and i think that that you know in talking to other teams around during the years they said it wasn't it wasn't Jameis, you know within the structure of the offense that bothered him it was that he was going to make some crazy play that was going to beat you um you know just kind of like street ball and we've seen some of that at times even in new orleans this year he's fully capable of doing that but I think it's going to be uh, just a great scene there. Uh, I'll read you this quote. I thought it was interesting from the news conference that he had on Thursday in New Orleans, and he talked about his emotions. And this tells you sort of where his head at is at, I think. Mm-hmm. He says, I've always been an emotional football player, and I think that's something I'm trying to work on, you know, being present instead of being stuck in my feelings. This mm-hmm. is who Jameis has always been. As a quarterback – we have to be present at all times and aware of everything that's going on. Sometimes too much emotion can lead to we don't want to go. And I come from a level of gratitude and optimism. A lot of people don't agree with that all the time, but I'm grateful I get a chance to play this team. I want to beat them. I want to beat them bad. And in my heart, I'm ready to rock. But at the end of the day, they're another opponent, another opponent we have to beat, someone in our division. They've got a good team coming in here hot, so we've got to stand our ground and represent our house. And you can almost in that, you know, and again, words are, and he said this, words are easy, actions are difficult. But you can almost hear him, you know, this is the process. And, and Peyton talks about having gotten Jameis to a point where he's committed to the process of, of, look, this is how we beat this team. We've got a plan to beat the Bucks, right? The plan next week might be different because the opponent's different. But we have to stick to our plan. And the one thing I thought it was interesting, I was talking to um, Byron Lefwich about this and about Tom Brady and why why Brady is, is so ahead of everybody else, and that is playing quarterback in the NFL can be boring sometimes. Like, mm. the way you should play can be very boring. You should just take mm. what's there. You know, you should manage. Like, we talk about game managers. Well, every quarterback needs to manage the game, um, and, and – there are times when you have to make plays, and guys do, but you got you, you you can't go for it all the time. You can't just say, "Man, if I could just fit this in here, you know, we could score a touchdown." And then you know, we we would need you know seven plays to get down there or eight plays. And I think that's what young quarterbacks fight. You know, they fight the urge that, um, you know, they're going to do something terrific instead of just doing what it takes to win. And sometimes, that's throwing the ball away. That's taking a sack, you know. Tom Brady has mastered that. You know, Tom okay. Tom Brady is 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 you know going to protect the football as he has this year, um, and Jameis is learning it, and that's that's really the difference. Is that you you know, and, and that's why the emotion has to come out of it. You know, yeah. you, you just have to buy into the game plan, and I'm anxious to see. You know, I've watched him, and I still see a lot of Jameis, but I also see the wheels turning in his head where he goes. I'm not throwing it down the field. It, it doesn't look right. I'm I'm gonna take the sack here. Or I'm gonna throw it out of bounds there. You know? Um and so, you know, he, he's learning. He says, you know, I, I learned last year that it's about winning. That's all that matters in this league. And it's true. No one's gonna remember they only scored nineteen points to beat New England up there when Brady went back. They're just gonna right. know that Brady went back and be, and won the game. You know, they're six and one and they've had a couple games that weren't very good, but they're six and one. And it's the best record in franchise history. So I, I it's just interesting to me to see, you know, the growth of him um as a quarterback and whether or not it's sustainable for sixty minutes against his former team.
2: You know, that, that statement you quoted, that that sounds like Jameis coming to terms. Yeah. what's required of a quarterback in this league. I, I, that sounded to me like a very mature statement. It I is. Saw, I, I watched the game in its entirety Monday night. I saw yeah. him do some of those things. You saw him he, throw it out of yeah. bounds, and you saw yeah. him. Take sacks instead of doing something reckless, and I, yeah, I agree. I think he's I I also
1: turn. saw I also saw him pick a ball up with one hand and throw a touchdown pass.
2: Darn straight he <laughs> did, and I'll tell you this, you know, just in terms of arm strength, in terms of being able to fling it, I still oh. for my money, I think he's got the strongest arm in the league. That guy can cock and fire.
1: Yep. You yep. Know? He,
2: he then, definitely does. it do hasn't that. always worked, but just in terms of dropping back and fling it, man. He can he can still he can still deliver it, and I'm sure Sean Payton will let him take a shot or two. Um, yeah, he, he did the other night. But man, I've I've always loved James Winston's arm. I don't know if it's his baseball background or what, but just yeah. in terms of purely being able to drop back and flame it, man, that guy can that guy can fire it. Always has.
1: Yeah, always has. Always had the big arm. Always could drive the ball down the field, and that's what he likes to do. And sometimes. Yes. When you have Alvin Kamara, the best, the best pass you can make is one that goes about three yards in the air and then you let him run 60 with it, <laughs> you know, and it goes oh, down great. to a 65-yard touchdown. I'll leave you with this, and uh, uh, he, he said, I thought this was interesting, too, in, in Jameis Winston talking about what he has gone through. He said, this week is big, but every week for me is big. Being out a year, you get a chance to see how much you miss being away from this game. Especially, I got a chance to watch Drew play, and that was fun. But at the end of the day, I still wanted to play. I love this game, and I'm playing against an old my, the old squad, but man, I just love this game. I'm going out there and trying to beat everybody we play, no matter who it is. That's the most important thing that I've learned. You talk about growth, the biggest thing I've learned in this league, it's about winning games, man. And any way I can do that, I'm up for it.
2: Very so, mature, and it sounds like a guy who's really appreciative of this second opportunity he has. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no you talk about winning a presser. He, he sounds like oh a yeah, right he, crushed,
1: he crushed it. And and, and you know, and, and sometimes you know, I, I, I've I've sat through those, and my eyes have rolled many times with sure. Jameis Winston. But you know, you remember there's a big difference between a 20 what is he 27 year old father of two, married versus a guy out of Florida State University at age, you know, barely 21, 22 years old, handed the keys to a franchise. Um, you know, he's in a different place in his life. We all grow. Um, I've got a son about his age, and I've seen that growth. And believe me, it's yeah. dramatic. Um, and so, you know, um, to the extent that uh, – and he's always said the right thing. So, I mean, you know, it talk is cheap, and he's right about that. But he's a 4-2 football team, and this is a big game, and – and having said all that, I still think the Bucks will score more points than the than the Saints do because I think they're just I think they have that 15 and 1 swag super bowl champion about them. They've done it. Yeah. You know, it, it it there's something about a champ, especially a guy like Brady who's done it, you know, more than anyone in the history of football, right? Seven super bowl right. championships and 10 overall. So he certainly has the confidence that he can do it. But um in the end I think this game, as it always is, is going to be about points and barring a bunch of turnover and things that are inexplicable that they have not done pretty much all year. Um, I don't think that the Saints can score as many points as can score with them. And so for that reason, um, I would expect the Bucks to win. But we'll see. It'll be a great game. All right, uh, that's it for uh, this week. And uh, we will be back on Sunday night to tell you how it goes up there in New Orleans. In the meantime, be safe on Halloween. Make sure you hand out the good the good stuff, not you know, get the big candy bars, not the not the little ones. And uh, enjoy your, your trick or treat and we will talk to you guys on Monday after the game. For Steve Verstic, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Enjoy your night. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen.